0: Welcome to the 69th nice edition of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. Oh man, 2021's gonna be great, but we gotta do one more one more show for 2020, and that is the worst of. We'll get to that here soon. Yep. But let's talk about the news. Yes. Uh, that's going on. Not a ton going on. Nope. But it is there. Uh Sonia Deville has returned to SmackDown. Uh she left to deal with the um, Stalker's yes. case, um, which I'm I'm actually glad that she is back in some way, shape, or form. They feel like the company was really building around her, right? Um, but this thing had to happen, honestly. Right. Um, so that's all well and good. And speaking of stalkers, let's talk about Paige. Okay. So, uh, if there are, has been a couple of people sending Paige DMs from multiple. Like, they're not, like, scammy. They're kind of scammy because they're trying to sell her and her now fiancé's address um, that was illegally acquired. Yeah, Paige has gone on to file lawsuits against um, the individual, and it's the same person, just on different accounts. So, unfortunately, this thing is not going to stop. If you get that message that Paige and—I can't remember her— fiance's name, I think it's like Ronnie or something. Um, if you see that, send a screenshot of those messages to her. Yep. If you see it. Yeah. Uh, Mil Muertes is going to be debuting in MLW soon. Nice. Um, I kind of had a freak out. I loved Lucha Underground and Mil Muertes is one of those like big guys that right. built the company. Right. Um unfortunately, you know, like Prince Puma's doing dog shit in WWE. Right. Um uh, uh, Dragon Azteca Junior. I can't remember who he is now. I I had it in my head. Oh no, that's um uh, Ray Horace. Ah. So a lot of these other guys are doing fairly okay. But then Mil Muertes, where has he been? Because he um, wrestled for Triple A. Right. But uh, he was one of the main states in Triple right. A. But now I guess he's going to MLW. Yeah. Which is all fine. Right. Um. Let us. Kyrie Sane. Is... Oh yes. Let's talk about the Kyrie Sane thing. So. Um, Kairi Sane wanted to make an appearance at a up-and-coming stardom show because, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of their anniversary shows. Right. She is technically still signed with WWE. Which is weird. Yeah, I didn't think that she was. Um, and she is having issues to appear at the stardom show because WWE is um, not allowing her to do so. Right. If, if it was, like, Asuka that wanted to do this, that's one thing. Right. But Kyrie Sane has not been on television for months. Mm-hmm. People expected her not to be on there. No, she still has a contract with them. Right. She just she doesn't even want to wrestle. She just right. wants to be there. She wants to make an appearance. Right. Let her. What is wrong? I swear to God, WWE just... They, do, they can do nothing right. Right. They do something stupid, and the shit is not hard. Right. So, Speaking of major signings, Matt Riddle has re-signed with the WWE for, I think, two years? Um, no, that was uh, Sammy Callahan. Ah, well, um, no. Riddles, Riddle's was that $400,000 a year guarantee that he had. Right. Um, I think it's a five-year deal oh, it's five years. with uh, fifty thousand dollars for the Saudi Arabia right. shows whenever those show back up. Right. Um, um, and uh, yeah, Sammy Callahan did sign a two-year deal with Impact Wrestling. The um, the uh, specific the um, specifications of that contract are not known. No. Um, to what I heard, it is a substantial amount of money per year. I'm not surprised Noice. about I'm not surprised about that. Yeah. Callahan is a... He, he wants to, like, impacts his brand. Right. That's his brand. That's where he's going to be until he retires. Right. Ethan Page has pulled oh, merchandise God. No. from his website. So, we be, all know what that means. Yeah, generally when somebody pulls their merchandise, it's a sign that they have signed with WWE. I I really hope he doesn't. I think he is. It, 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 all signs are pointing to that. Right. Unfortunately. I know and it sucks because yeah. he's, you know, he's so talented and I really wanted him to stay with Impact because the North. You wanted to you, right. you just wanted that team to still be there, but unfortunately, uh he has pulled or he's going to be pulling his merchandise. You can still get it on his site, right. but he's doing like a bye-bye promo code cleanse. Right. Um, getting that out of there. Um, let's talk about Mick Foley's positive tef- test for COVID. Yeah. He tested positive right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, he obviously was broken up because Mick Foley is a huge fan of Christmas. Right. Um, he has a room in his house dedicated to Christmas. Ah, fun. So the fact that he could not be with his family. Right. For Christmas was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and New Year's, he was not able to be there with them. Okay. Um, He got tested positive, and he quarantined himself in one of these hotels that are allowing people to quarantine themselves. Uh, The positives of that is that he is doing well. He's going to be leaving soon. Uh, from this hotel. Yeah. So that's good, but I'm pretty sure this devastated him more than anything. Oh, boo-hoo. Just another... Oh, cry. Just, just another fuck you by 2020, All I right. swear to God. Um, GCW, uh, Game Changer Wrestling, is going to be airing a 24-hour telethon wrestling event. Cool. It will start on January 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it will run through January 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, This is going to be on Fight TV. Nice. And it is going, the proceeds of this, not only the payment to the performers, but it's actually going to be going to like a um, big money pool for independent wrestlers who have not had the ability to work Ah. um, due to COVID. Right. So, and also Orange Crush. Is one sponsoring this show. Nice. So I think that's great by GCW to not only give these guys work. We've never seen a 24-hour wrestling telethon event. Right. Um, It is going to be 100% wrestling action, um, storylines, all that fun stuff throughout the whole thing, which is great. Um and let's yeah I think that's great and, and to end off let's talk about the Brody Lee AEW show holy crap so Pina Gallery and I were kind of talking about possibly doing a show covering it well, yeah, I just don't think we have the time right um but Brody Lee's we watched it the celebration of life show set a new standard yeah. for tribute shows yep. Um, They retired the current design of the TNT Championship. So a new one... Gave it to minus one, Brody Lee Jr. for life. Um, So he is the TNT Champion for life. Um, They bought the rights to the song they used for the promo. In perpetuity, nonetheless. Which is not cheap. No. And that's fucking insane. They really... um, They really put a lot of... this This was a labor of love. Yeah. And... Now, WWE did put out like a video and it was nice. It was a nice video. Right. Now, obviously, people are really pissed off and I'm still going to defend them about this. They, he worked for them. It right. was not a good separation right. at all. And he worked, he was working with their competition. Right. The fact that they did anything. Right. Is crazy. Right. But because there are so many people that new brody that are in WWE they at least had to do something right and they did they they had their right. and um they had their individual like uh, stories right. they and had stuff like that right. as they, as individual wrestlers like they would do a move in homage of brody lee right. or do a pose or or whatever the case may be but and they they allowed it to happen yeah, not anything big it's i don't know why people thought that they were they had they were obligated Right they were obligated to do something big for Brody Lee. Right. Would have been nice, yes. But he worked for AEW. Yep. It's not petty. Right. They did something for it. Right. Um, you know, obviously the family will be taken care of right. through multiple venues and multiple avenues. It's gonna be fine. Um, but the, the tribute the, the tribute show the, itself was amazing. It was. Um, unfortunately, now New Year's Evil went well, they went against Brody Lee's celebration of life. That and was obviously, a... obviously, they won that one pretty, pretty high. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know the amount of stuff on there, but people are praising Tony Khan. Yeah. Um, on his booking of this, not right. not only somebody that was really respected and loved, so this must have been incredibly challenging. Right. But the fact that. Um, he did it so quickly because right. basically this happened. They had to rewrite the show like in a – like overnight. Yeah. So they pulled it off. They did yep. a great job with it. Um It was – there were some rough spots in there. Um, Eric Redbeard made an appearance. Yes. His former partner. That killed me. Yeah. Um, I even was telling Peanut Gallery, other than maybe Bray Wyatt, nobody else could have made that run in Mm-mm. for any no. reason. There's no – Wait, it's they are synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was just a tremendous show. It if was. you if you have some time, watch it. Yeah, it was a great show. Please watch it, and then obviously they will be doing New Year's Smash next week. There right. was more pressing matters. Right. <laughs> um. But yes, it was such a great thing. It was. Um. Even like the promo that they did, it just it just set so many new standards right. for tribute shows. Yeah. Um they just did it right and people can bitch about AEW style all they want right. what they're doing for the business itself is a net positive yeah. all the way around. Yeah. Um how they take care of their performers clearly they care. Um and I, I don't know what else to say. Do you have anything well, else to jump on there? Um, with? Well, you know, and I also wanted to mention, too, that a lot of WWE superstars are more than were becoming unhappy with their contracts. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't put that on yeah. there. Yeah, and so multiple—so because of COVID, WWE's contracts have been very— Let's just say lowballish, right? Unless you're like um, a Matt Riddle that they right. want to keep around because um, you know AEW. So a is lot around. of WWE superstars who are up for contract are are they waiting, turn them down? Are, up. are are turning down the contracts? So there might be some problems down the road. Um, with WWE, and uh, obviously it looks like AEW is going to be a place for at least some of them. Right. They're, it's very viable. Right. Um, and you, so I mean, is the, Impact, so is... Uh, New Japan. New Japan. Um, you know, we'll, the wrestling industry is t- is a changing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> WWE needs to get off their ass right. and really start doing some stuff to help yes. these performers. Right. Um, it's just, it's, it's scummy. You guys have made record revenue because you're saving so much money by not doing so much travel. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, with Matt Riddle, obviously don't blame Matt Riddle. They offered him the contract. Right. He owns the name. He owns the stallion. He owns bro. He can go anywhere with this and he can win. Right. Um, but, and obviously they're putting a lot of investment in him. Yeah. But. You know, it's like, come on, guys. If you really want to sign and keep people around, yeah. you gotta do better. And of right. any, if it was like Impact Wrestling, okay, whatever. They're not on as much of a budget, but you guys are making billions right. so, in revenue. So, <sighs> so anyways, when we come back, we are gonna do Bible study on Father James Mitchell, yeah, everyone's favorite manager, yeah. We are back. Uh, Pina Gallery is going to do Bibble Study. Yeah. Bible Study. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So today we are uh, going to go through a brief history and some memorable moments of Father James Mitchell. Now, if you're a fan of the older one, uh, older version of him in his ECW days, you would might know him better as uh, the Sinister Minister. He uh, had a lot of... Of wrestlers under his tutelage over the years, but um, he also runs a karaoke bar and he is also a reverend for the Church of Satan, which kind of explains some uh, some things about his character. So, what I found very interesting was that he actually does a lot of collaborations with uh, the Church of Satan, like comedy shows. Um, you know, musical, uh, musical, like uh, oh god, uh, cameos for music videos, like uh, most notably with Insane Clown Posse. I can't remember which song, um, but also he was very interested in um, in comic book villains, and so a lot of his character comes from the comic book villains that he looked up to from a young age. So you know, people like the Punish, uh, people like the Punisher, on the Amazing Spider-Man, um, and Green, and uh, uh, Green Arrow, the uh, the Green Arrow villain, um, also uh, the Joker from the Batman series. But that kind, you know, that kind of stuff helped his character and and of course him being an actual minister has put him in a bunch of different uh, I guess you can call interesting situations so um, when Mitchell debuted in Impact Wrestling he was a part of the new church he was actually the leader of the new church Mm -hmm. um, which fought against most notably Raven and then uh, he and Raven aligned when the new church broke ties with him Um, and he was part of the Ravens brood or the raven's nest or you know any one of those iterations most notably though if you remember his tna days he was very much associated with abyss who would win gold under his tutelage and um you know and eventually eventually even abyss betrayed him and he fathered i guess judas macias um, who was also an interesting character, <laughs> and also and also Mil Muertes. Yes. it's all the same guy. Yeah. Um, so you know, the other thing too is that Mitchell, especially especially more now so than than before, he is uh, also officiated a number of weddings with Impact Wrestling, TNA, whatever the case may be. Um, as an actual, you know, as the actual minister for, for those weddings. Of course, those weddings were, were all kayfabe. But, um, you know, I think it speaks volumes to his character. And I, I find it really interesting that him as a character, um, you know, he's, he's so diverse with, with his character. There's so much inspiration that comes from it. But you know, I think what gives a wrestler authenticity, even a manager wrestler authenticity, is is the fact that he draws on real world experience as a member of the Church of Satan, as a uh, as a comic book aficionado, as you know that kind of he kind of has that character down to a T and you can tell when wrestlers are authentic with their character now you can tell when a wrestler is really just invested in that character um and what i found interesting too was just that notion of him being an actual satanist i i don't i don't know and i don't know a lot of people that show that side of themselves very much you know we talk about Shawn Michaels and stuff like that but you know Father James Mitchell kind of turned it into his into his character. Um, so that was just a couple of things that I found interesting about it. Um, you know, and of course Mitchell taking the role of a manager um, made for some very interesting pairings as well. Uh, you know, with him especially with Abyss and the you know and and uh, Raven and Judas Macias and and a bunch of other characters later on. Um, and uh, you know, again, just taking on that managerial role because we see we see a lot of wrestlers that have kind of that religious gimmick, but not a lot of managers that have that sort of gimmick. Um, you know, those those are very rare to come by. Um, but a spe- but you know, I, I find a lot of inspiration in that guy's um, authenticity as a as an actual Satanist, as an actual comic book. Uh, Comic book aficionado or comic book fan, and and really, um, and it really does go to show that you know no matter what, you really can find authentic character um, with anything. But that's kind of what wrestling is, right? You you take who you are, and you crank it up to 11, not uh, not necessarily like what, you know, some other people are like, oh, you have to be this character now, or you have to be that character, you know, you can tell when someone isn't really into their character, especially in wrestling, it, it really kind of shows on your sleeve, but is there anything that you want to add, because I think I've done a lot you know, like I said, it's it's just a lot of uh, a lot of research and stuff into like him as a character. But it's really, it's it's simple, but there's so much complexity in that. Right. You know, there's so much complexity in in, in James Mitchell um, as as a person, as, right? A, as a character, as a wrestling character. But is there anything you'd like to add about that? Um, I feel like James Mitchell is once again he take he takes he took I should say a gimmick that should be very one-dimensional right. and gave it dimensions. Right. And you, know, you can say the same thing about um, Paul Bearer and stuff like that, right. but Mitchell understands how to keep the character fresh. Right. Well, what I find interesting is that Mitchell has, has, um, has uh, you know, managed so many different kinds of superstars, too. Like, he even managed, like, CM Punk for a while. Back right. when he worked in... Uh, where did he work when he managed CM Punk? OVW, maybe? I can't remember. Oh. Um, but... Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think it's, it, it speaks volumes to him as a manager. I mean, he, he's going to be up there with some of the greats at some point in time. Oh, he is one of the greats, honestly. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I really don't have anything else really to, right. um, say. He, he was of that. even that satanic character when he worked with WWE on the ECW One Night Stand specials. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and WWE's totally okay with it. I mean, I think now that I remember this was also almost 20 years ago Right, it was It was back in 2003, 2004 2005, 2006 Oh, you know, whatever But um, Yeah, before they became whitewashed <laughs> Right I would, I would be afraid well, I would, would be, be afraid that James Mitchell, Mitchell were whitewashed, whitewashed by the WWE Yeah <laughs> Well, James but Mitchell now is a producer for Impact yeah. so he's, an, he's, he's not going anywhere he's, he's pretty much an Impact lifer at this point in time Oh wait, yeah, but yeah, he's not He's not going to do that um, kind of schedule Yeah, either. so he's an actual Satanist and he actually is a comic book uh, fan, and so you really can see that with, oh yeah, with his, uh, with his, uh, to, with his, uh, I guess his character. You can really see that come out in him. So right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, a little short on the shorter side, but um, you know, I thought you know he's just a fascinating character to uh, to find. But it's also very private. It's hard to get some information on. him. He really is. He doesn't talk much about his. Religious affiliation or anything like that, but he certainly has um, he's done a few gigs with the Church of Satan and mm-hmm. He supported and sponsored a lot of different events um, and um, Yeah, I think it was this is kind of cool to see his his personal side and his professional business side, <laughs> right? All right, so when we come back We're going to be doing the wrestling lesson and yeah. we are going to be doing it on championship belts nice not a specific belt but just the concept of the championship belt. Nice. And we are back. We're going to do some wrestling lesson. Let's talk about where the whole award for a championship belt was created. So where it started is very much up to speculation. Um, There are people who claim that there has been evidence of bare-knuckle boxers in the 1600s getting championship belts. There is evidence of Vikings having them. Uh, With Vikings, it wasn't... What we think of as championship belts, they were given um, awards and prizes for conquering certain things, and it would be in a somewhat of a shape of a belt. Uh, Back in the 1800s, this is the recorded official first time that a championship belt was given to a person for winning a combat sport, and that was King George III, in 1810, giving it to bare knuckle boxer Tim Cribb after defeating one of his arch rivals, Tom Meleneux. You know that whole French Milneau. thing? Meleneux. Uh, He's a former American slave, um, went over to England, one uh, of the more famous um, individuals to do boxing, um, especially the bare knuckle. And uh, King George III was a huge fan of bare knuckle fighting. And he wanted to do something different other than, like, a trophy because um, they had to take it to certain places to defend it based on that because, like, oh, I'm the best boxer in the world. It's hard to carry a gigantic elaborate trophy. And also it was given to them. So um, he so King George III fashioned it basically from blacksmiths, and they took um, – used recycled leather, and then they – constructed the belt that way um it was only um it was only around for like a year because i think it broke apart because of how shoddy it was but um the assumption is is that this was uh created as well and it was primarily influenced by sashes which was the original one but they believed that the sash work was too feminine so that's why they were given belts Championship belts have been around with boxing for about 200 years. They were the first organized sport to use the concept of a championship belt. Um, obviously, right now uh, the four major companies that do that handle it with boxing are the World Boxing Council, the World Boxing Association, the International Boxing Federation, and the World Boxing Organization. They all have their own unique championships, but they work together because fighters will fight in others. Um, it's all the same championship, no matter the weight class, same size. They are given the championship permanently, But then a new title is created for the person who beats them after they beat them. So, the, especially with, um, especially with like the World Boxing Council, you will be given the other person's belt behind the scenes. You are to give that championship back to that guy because he is that, um, because that is his champion. And then you are Commissioned a new one for later. Uh, And also kind of a unique little um, side note. A interim champion for boxing was given a ring. And that was intended to reward fighters um, by satisfied rigid criteria. And it would justify their claims as the true and only champion. And also the basically the contender for that title. It's usually not known with those because you generally don't see the interim boxing fights. Most people only really go for the big ones, which are the title fights right. or the larger title fights. In professional wrestling, for instance, um, this also goes with MMA, but MMA um, has them in different sizes. So the uh, the uh, UFC, for instance, their world championship is actually somewhat larger than their bantamweight champion. Um, but they generally do that whole, you are given the belt, you keep the championship, right. and then we just commission a new one. <clears throat> Professional wrestling is different because their structure changed. Right. The reason that we have different classes of championship was um, with the... um with the system of the NWA, you had your NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and that was, that was considered Nash. right. That was considered the world champion. And then that one, that one is, is the one that, one that went around to all the territories, and each Right. each territory we had, had their, their own separate, own separate yes, world. Yes, they had their own separate world champion that would face the world world champion at a later time. Um, usually, for the most part, sometimes they were screwed over. Um, but with that. They were like, well, we need other titles for different weight classes because they did not put women, obviously, for the World Heavyweight Champion, um, right. people under a certain weight as well. So then they started making other titles. And then right. when tag team wrestling became a large thing because rivalries were different, um, because there would be like faction rivalries, and I might do um, a history on tag team wrestling in a later video, uh, they were given their own champions. And seeing the popularity of especially the women's division, the NWA created the world title of those varieties. So there were four champions that went around. There was the NWA light heavyweight champion, which – or it was the world light heavyweight champion, which anybody under like – I can't remember what the weight was. I think it was like 250 pounds. You can go for the light heavyweight champion but not the world heavyweight champion. Um. It was weird. Uh, The world women's champion, which was owned by Buddy Wolf and the fabulous moolah. There was a tag team champions. So uh, a lot of that was different. But um, then, so another thing that I forgot to say, especially with pro wrestling, this is something that you usually don't see with boxing and stuff. They have the green strap, especially with the World Boxing Council. But professional wrestlers were unique because they were given the belt. It was their responsibility to tout it around, like right. we do with Goldie, but they did not get their own unique championship right. until later. Right. Uh, so the champion was passed to person to person. Right. Uh, the original championships were not put on leather. They were put on velvet. So the original WWF champion was on a velvet strap, Ooh, which was something that the World Boxing Association did because they had the fab. they had it was it was like a um it was a sash-like thing um that they had for their original championships. Um but the problem with that velvet is that it got dirty because wrestlers would take it to different places and hold it around and claim that I'm the champion, blah 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 blah. Um, Especially with other appearances. So they put it on um, a burgundy strap Ah. before uh, because they thought that the burgundy was a little classier. But it got so dirty because these wrestlers were taking it from town to town and throwing it around and getting water and food and BS all over it. They decided to just make it black. Right. Um, The white championships, the white strap on there was created for retiring belts Ah. so when a championship needed to be switched out or they were going to retire that belt um due to outside circumstances then they would actually put it on the white strap and that would be the official retirement of it obviously those traditions are gone now um with wwe was the one who really did that whole creative colored strap things um, Mexico was the first one to have a multicolored leather strap because the World right. Boxing Association's championships were not black. They were that red, white, and blue right. thing going across, which I find hilarious. Right. Um, Pina Gallery loves the Mexican championship that has like the Mexican colored on there. I think it's neat. <sighs> Obviously, with that side, he does not like them. <laughs> Pina Gallery is weird. Um, so the original championships um other than like the world boxing council and stuff especially right. in pro wrestling were on a flat base right now they weren't jeweled it's actually there were different eras so it was originally on gold right but then there was the silver era where all championships were made on silver because then they would do only gold and it was hard to see Any kind of detail on it, so Mm -hmm. it looked kind of eh. right. But when television came around, they saw that the um, that the silver would actually look a little bit nicer. So then they started to make the silver championships. Uh, Wrestlers did not like the silver titles because silver tends to um, most of the time have allergic reactions to people. Right. So they actually had to get rid of it because some of their bigger stars would have rashes and stuff from wearing the championships right. or holding it on their shoulders, um, and it was making them sick. Right. So then they went back to like gold, uh, at least gold plated. But they right. now they use zinc. Right. But and then they started to bedazzle it, which is something that the World Boxing Council first started doing back I think in the 90s because they had right. because they have you know billions of dollars and they get gigantic gates. Um, So that's kind of some history and some facts about where the championship belts come from and all of that stuff. Um, But I hope you did enjoy that part. And when we come back, we're going to be doing the Worst of Year Awards presented by Pina Gallery. Yeah! And we are back. Pina Gallery will be leading on and we'll do the back and forth like we did for the best of. Yep. So who was the most Overrated wrestler of the year this year, Pina Gallery. Well, so there's a reason that these things are called the Goldberg Awards. Whenever we do the <sighs> uh, worst of the year, but the most overrated wrestler of the year is Goldberg. Uh, right, he's getting all these title opportunities. He, he literally was... came in. He remember Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt happened earlier this year at the right. uh, Crown Jewel. Believe it or not, and uh, Goldberg yeah, Goldberg pinned him clean. Yeah. This is the well, fiend. This is the fiend, Bray the, Wyatt, and it, and early this year, or actually, just as long as the fiend was on television, it was the hottest act going. Right. But obviously, they gave the title to Bray Wyatt right. too soon, and so they had to figure out some way to take it off of him. And then they got the oldest professional wrestler who is still active, Goldberg. To defeat Bray Wyatt, instead of giving the rub to a new guy, right. they had to give it to Goldberg because Saudi Arabia likes Goldberg. Yeah, fucking fuck, man, Goldberg sucks. He, he really- needs to retire. He's, he was never very good. No. He just had some hype around him right. because he just killed people right. in like two seconds. And I will say there was some novelty to it. And I did I did like the Brock Lesnar-Goldberg matches. Yeah. I thought all of them were actually fairly fun. Well, you know. Well, they the, were like the older ones were. Right. Well, I don't know. I still liked Survivor Series. Yeah. That one was a great match. Anyways, worst announcer of the year... Commentator, it, it, it was, Corey it, it, fucking announcer. It, oh, it was announcer commentator. Yeah, Corey Graves. Just, he's so, like, grinds your gears bad. Oh, I know. He is horrible. He is the worst fake heel announce, uh, commentator I think ever. Now, he has some gems, but, you know, I think it was because. I mean, just anytime, anytime I hear his voice, it just, I want to kill him. Something. Right, it's just. I mean, like I said, there is fun some fun snippets because you know he's dating Carmella, so it's like you don't like Carmella's actions. I don't think I'm in the position to answer that. It's like okay, that's genuinely funny. Right, that that was. But there, there are signs of that but, old but Corey Graves. So in there. it's so. Great. Cringy. It's like right. ew. there was a there were, like I said, there were times when it's fine, but right. there are times where you know it's not him. Right. And unfortunately there was a point in time when Corey Graves was actually one of my favorite announcers. Right. Because there was authenticity behind him. Right. But then he was moved up to the main roster. Vinnie Mac needs to plug in shit. Right. And it's like, okay, Michael does he you know that Vinnie Mac is is Back there just spewing words at him, say this, say this, say that, say that. Right. It's like get him off of the goddamn thing. Right. Let these people work because obviously we know that announcers can work if they do. Chris Jericho is a great announcer mm-hmm. um, other than screaming, Eric Rowan. And I love that Excalibur is like, Redbeard, Redbeard, Redbeard. And it's like, okay, he's not giving a script. He's there just to like do that, right. and it's great. Yeah. Do not overproduce these people. We right. always bitch about this. Maybe right. we'll do a show about over, overproduction. Yeah. Anyways, worst promotional tactic of the year. All right, this WWE one? paying the, uh, the uh, GOP of Florida to make the workers essential to right. say that WWE... Is essential and should continue to be in business. Right. Or should continue to produce shows during the initial lockdown phase. Right. So at the height... Wow. So obviously at the height of the pandemic, WWE, um, because uh, Linda McMahon is in charge of a Florida Super PAC. Yes. Obviously that's not a crime. She can do that. And obviously it's a heavily Republican... Um, super it's a super PAC right. so but they gave the, you know of course the government the legislature down there in Florida are Republicans right and so now uh, obvi- obviously so if they, I if think I, Linda McMahon made a pretty sizable contribution to the Florida GOP right Um, in exchange for them saying that WWE wrestlers are considered essential and should still continue to work right Um, obviously they were doing the stuff in the performance center right and with AEW, I can't remember why AEW had the kind of that same thing because I, I can't remember why that was. I can't remember either. All I know is that AEW, um, whenever they were allowed to work, they produced like a month's worth of filming at one right. time. Right. And that's, and that's what WWE, they did. Right. WWE, at. First was not doing it live, but then they moved back to live. But just the way that the WWE was coercing government officials to do, and obviously this is this is pretty shady shit. Right. This is this is not a knock on Republicans or Linda McMahon or anything, but it's just the promotional tactic for WWE to stay live production TV right um and obviously with the testing as well yeah. where they didn't have to be in that whole right. um scene I think that's what it was I think um, right. aew had to do specific testing the testing where WWE gotta buy because of the political right because of because of that political strife right so it was just a gross ugly messy really shady situation yeah, it was um it, it just did not look good whatsoever no. Uh, it's just kind of where it's sometimes really good to know certain people. Yeah. And it's like, all right, all right, come on, guys. You you could have done it without. Right. You guys have enough money. You guys could have done this the right way, but you didn't. Right. Anyways, worst booker of the year. This is so crystal clear because they were the only game in town at the height of the pandemic. And even then they still fucked up. This, man. It. He's 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 really bad. He's just getting worse. He's just getting worse. He and I I feel like it's part of age. So in a way, I can't necessarily blame him, but I'm gonna blame him because I mean, he, they are they are still top dog. They are still making the most he's, he he the final decisions are on him. Yep. He's making more money now than ever. They still cut people at the height of the pandemic yep. too. Um, they're, obviously, there are lowballing people now that we're seeing because right. they have to. Um, the he's, lawsuits, he's, yep. the, um, laws, the huge yep. lawsuits going on. The union. Let's not men, let's not forget about the calls for unionization. Right. I mean, this is all falls back on the booking decisions made by the W and, and other decisions, not just booking, but just contractual decisions in general. I mean, it's just it's bad. It's right. bad. Anyways, worst promotion of the year, WWE, for all those reasons listed above, plus more. And also they're just doing bad work and they're that like lowest, oh. lowest ratings ever for Raw and SmackDown this right. year. I mean, it's it's horrible what mm. what they're what they are doing, both on screen and off screen. Right. Worst major event of the year, crown jewel that was Saudi this Arabia. year. Was the only show in Saudi Arabia for the year. Um, they went down to smaller and smaller. I think they changed venues like three times. They went down to a really small venue because guess what? Nobody cares anymore. Right. They weren't. They weren't going. Right. Um. Obviously, the whole thing with people um being cooped up again. Right. At Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh. The whole. About to be taken off air because somebody was not paying. Right. That was a big one. Obviously, now that one wasn't necessarily WWE's fault, but there, you know, there was some strife. And, uh, and then obviously the, the show, guy. and obviously the show too, was bad. It, it was a bad show. I mean, there was some fun stuff in it, there, and it, it there. was still overall. I mean, it was a pretty bad show. It was right. a worst Saudi show. Goldberg and uh, Bronze and uh, Goldberg and Bronson. Goldberg and Bray Wyatt, where Bray Wyatt actually lost. Actually, let me look up the card because I can't even remember it. Because it, it's like it was it no, was it, was it Crown Jewel or Super Showdown? It was Crown Jewel. It was Crown Jewel. Yeah, Crown Jewel 2020, or wasn't it? I, thought I think it was yeah, Super I, Showdown. Maybe it's. I Crown think it was Jewel Super or, Showdown. Okay, hang on. Yeah, it was it Super was Showdown. showdown Super Super Showdown was the worst one. There was a Crown Jewel, but yeah, the Super Showdown was a really, really bad one. Yep, yeah, there was nothing redeeming about it. It right. all just sucked. Um, Roman, Roman Reigns and King Corbin uh, Brock Lesnar and Ricochet I mean bad. why? 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 I mean, like I said, there were. Um, there was the um, Turning Mountain trophy that made it's it. The Two Wake Mountain trophy? Yeah, yes. where Undertaker came out and killed AJ Styles, who should have won it. Um, but there were good matches. No, there on... were. There were no good matches. On this card. <laughs> You're so negative. I don't like the Monster Dolph Ziggler match. I no, no one likes Monster matches. <laughs> Yours is so bad. Anyways. Funny. <laughs> worst comeback of the year, Goldberg. Just, do we do we need to say more? He he should not come back. No, he needs to retire. He really does. Yep, and it's so bad. Yep, worst rookie of the year, Leon Ruff. They put the title on way too early. He's getting better. He's not. He's not believable. He's no. he's like 150 pounds, right. soaking wet. He's like five foot seven. Right. And it's like, he's beating Damian Priest. Really? He's the beating Johnny... The guy? And it's like, with Johnny Gargano, at least they took the belt off him because they knew that was the wrong choice. Right. But Leon Ruff should not have received... They, they just did it to create buzz. That's mm-hmm. all. It was... You know, and this is this is another thing that I've seen WWE do a lot this year is they are trying so hard to do one up on AEW. AEW is not even trying; they're just making waves. Right. AEW just does things, and they make they, correct decisions. They, yeah, and and WWE does things, but they're like, oh, we'll announce this special uh, two days after AEW announced their special for the same days and times. Right. It's like, dude. Come on! Now, obviously, it's a war, and they're and both of them arguably are doing better because right. of the war. But, but whatever, whatever WWE, whatever AW does, WWE has to do it. Right, I mean, except for like the Brody Lee thing, that was mu- that was a much different circumstance. But anyways, but just, it was just it was just something that happened throughout. The right, era. I think AEW is getting better because they're not mentioning WWE as much. Right, they're. Not. I thought I thought they were kind of being weird with it. I'm like, all right, come on, let's not well, let's stop doing they, this. They they tried to. They, there were reasons that they did that at the beginning. Right, but now um, now they now they've kind of found their own identity. Right, and it's like just do that, right. and you guys are doing wine, and everything is great, and you guys are right. having a second show coming up soon. Right. I mean, you know, TNA did that for a long time, too. Right. TNA really did. And now TNA has their... Or Impact Wrestling now has their own identity. Right. And they're doing fine. Right. Anyways... I still, I still think they should put people in the building, but that's just personal... Yeah. Anyways, least improved wrestler of the year, Braun Strowman. He was on a good trajectory to start. He won the world champion. Right. And then after he lost it... He went over like a fart in church. Right, and it's like he was doing—he's doing nothing. Obviously, he's out with a knee injury. But so. he wasn't doing anything. He was appearing on what Raw Underground? How mm-hmm. long did that fucking thing last? Right. He probably should have done a worse uh, segment of the year, but that's <laughs> fine. Anyways, uh, most hated wrestler of the year Goldberg. No yep. one. likes him. Nope. Admit. It, admit. It. No one likes right. him. Everyone was pissed off that he beat the yep. feet. Everyone was pissed off that, I mean, at least he lost the title. Right. Nobody liked it that he was champion because Goldberg almost left. He almost did not defend the world champion right. at WrestleMania. Right. And it's like, just lose the belt. Right. No one wants you anymore. No right. one wants to see you anymore. Like I said, if he did, like, a fun little one-off, which he said he was going to do uh-huh. at Survivor Series, beat Brock Lesnar in 10 seconds, which everybody liked. Everybody liked the match. Right. And he said, oh, I just want to do this one match so my son can see me wrestle, and that's respectable. But at the same time, and then you do this shit, and yeah. then so you continue. It's like, uh, dude. Dude. You can do anything you want. You own this name. You have... You obviously have a huge. You have star power. You have star power. Right. Um, you have a fun little muscle car show. Just do that. Have some fun. Whatever. Who cares? But, but don't yes. get back into wrestling full time, please. Please stop. Just, just just stop. For the love of God, worst year of the year: Goldberg Roman Reigns. Yes. It started off bad. It never ended because um, Roman obviously Reigns. Roman Reigns pulled out. Right. Um. But anyways, the feud was going nowhere. It was doing nothing. I mean, it literally consisted of four words: "Who's next." Here comes Roman... And this is not the good Roman Reigns. This was still the bad Roman Reigns. Right. And now since, I'm next. Right. And now Roman Reigns is a heel and doing awesome stuff. And I swear to God, if they bring back Goldberg to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which is speculative right now, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be really pissed. Um, Just have Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble. The shit is not hard. Right. Obviously, he should be the one to dethrone the head of the table. Right. At WrestleMania. How cool would that be? Right. That... It's easy. That's that's printable easy money if you do this right. right. Anyways, worst taxing of the year Retribution. So start off great started off really great it's like ooh, there's some buzz here it's like aces and eights which impact wrestling did it better um and then they Mm. and then and then they went and they signed contracts Uh, apparently yes and then like retribution signed contracts why right there was no reason for it and then they gave really bad nicknames t-bar slapjack right it's like what the fuck is that Um, now at the very, I mean... And and then they started losing every match that they were in. We know who they are. Right. And it's like, why do you have um, Dominic Dijakovic? Yeah. You have Mia Yim. Yeah. You have uh, Dio Madden. You have all of these people doing this weird shit. TNA, I I even talked about it with Peanut Gallery uh, the other day. TNA did this so much better with Aces and Aids. Yeah. Aces and Aids got signed and they had access to the building, but there was nothing saying that they signed. Right. They had access to the building. Everybody knew that they were signed, but we know that it's pro wrestling. Right. Why they did have you to sign? Suspend your discipline. Right. It's another world. And it made sense. Right. We did not know who they were for months. Right. The uh, the reveals, or at least, were okay, but right. then they revealed everybody and it went to shit. Right. Um, but they did it right. Right. And then retribution. It's like, okay, you guys can learn from. Aces and generating. They're generating some buzz. Right. They're destroying. And then they went. They they went down pretty quick. Right. And then you put Mustafa Ali, who's great, um, in there. He had a great match with Ricochet on Raw. I will at least say that. But then now Ricochet is tied up with them, and they want uh, Ricochet to join. Why? Right. Why? Like, what would be the point of Ricochet? Are you going to call him some BS name after he joins? Because I'm pretty sure he'll join, unfortunately. Anyways, worst female wrestler of the year. This cannot be argued. (laughs) Nia Jax. Worst. Worst. Continuing to injure people. Yep. I think she's... How many has she injured this year? Like, five or six people this year? Major. And it's like, okay, you almost killed Kairi Sane, like, twice. Right. What and then he continued to push her. Right, I'm sorry. Nobody wants to see her. It's it's almost like it's almost like them attempting to push, uh, attempting to push, um, uh, Dream. Now it's like every time you bring him back to television. People fire velveteen dream right. trends on Twitter every single time. At the very least, he's I mean, he's not really getting push pushed anymore. Well, right. he's every time he's on TV, he's, he's lost, yeah. He's lost these matches, he's not winning, right? He's he's lost, he's like, not his he's, career is over, right? He's not in a big program, he's right. not doing anything. Why is he there, right? Anyway, but he was he was gone for a while, that's why we didn't put him on there, anyway. Worst male wrestler of the year, <sighs> Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say about Goldberg? Slow, the, slow, old. old um, he's never had a good match. Right. None of his matches have. He is not a good wrestler. No. He, but never, he is not a good wrestler, let alone a good world champion. What makes you think that a 50 year old man who's never wrestled a good match in his life can win the world champion against The Fiend, who was white hot at a show in Saudi Arabia? You know you've already lost. Right. And, and then you have a fucking lackluster attempted rivalry with Roman Reigns, who no one at the time wanted to see. Because he was still that babyface, Roman Reigns. Right, where everybody wanted him to um, be a heel. But that it, 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 it can't be argued right. that Goldberg was the worst male wrestler of the year. I don't yep. want to see him in a wrestling ring ever again. Right. Anyways, it, worst, worst match of the year, Goldberg, Bray Wyatt at Super, Super Showdown. Showdown. Yes, uh, it was it was just it was a bad match. We all knew what was happening and And then, we and then, and and then you lose it. and we, we knew much. we knew Goldberg was gonna win too. We're like, please, just if, if the theme won, I don't think I would have been nearly as pissed off. Right. It's like okay, at least But But we all knew going in I mean, I think everyone knew going into this right. match that Goldberg was going to win and we just did not want to see that was just pain it right. was just it was painful to I'm watch. sorry I would have I would have rather had Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns beating the fiend at WrestleMania right. obviously that didn't happen and they booked him into a corner but it happened right. unfortunately unfortunately but that's you right. was... um, hopefully with 2021 things are probably going to be opening back up by the summer um we will be getting back to going to live shows yes. and doing reactions on those. So that should be fun. Yeah. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, 2020 was probably um one of the most unique years for wrestling. Um, I think yeah. sometimes for the better. I'm excited for 2021. Um, and maybe- uh, next week, what are we doing? We are going to be covering a Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And that is going to be exciting. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, um, a so cool. so wrestling lesson. I'm going to be doing it on the January 4th show. Oh, nice. Because there's because there's like 30 January 4th shows and a ton going on in right. it. And I think it would be really uh, great. Bible study is to be announced, and uh, we'll just do our regular stuff. So please do stay tuned. Follow check us. Out, yep, check, check out the links. Yep. Um, check out the flow page. It is just an aggregator like. Um, uh, link tree. Right. Uh, so check that out. Become a patron. So yep. you can watch the shows with us and get very drunk. I think we pretty much were blackout twice this week. But obviously, with New Year's and um, obviously it was Saturday, so we right. just have problems. I'm just kidding. Anyways, so uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, be majestic.